Hey there, John from Horror Dads here. Before uh, we get started, I just want to mention, and I mentioned this at the end of the episode, to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram at Horror Dads. And also, if you'd like to reach out to us via email, you can reach us at horrordads at gmail.com. Looking for feedback, looking for people to really help us uh, spread the word as we get started here. And uh, we want a super collaborative process as we you know, uh, look to engage the horror community. And please feel free to give us a five-star review on whatever outlet you use to listen to podcasts. And with that, uh, welcome to our very first episode. Welcome to Horror Dads. Welcome. You are joined by your Horror Dads, John Schuler and... Jamie Fabian. All right. Jamie, we are here, my friend. What's up, buddy? It's a real thing now. We're doing it. We're doing it. This is our first ever episode. I'm excited. Jamie uh, mentioned in passing to me five years ago, probably, we it, should do a podcast. Yeah, it could have been that long ago. And I laughed at him, because I thought he was joking. Totally wrote me off. Yeah. But now we're here. Uh, we so are. We did it. Jamie is actually my brother-in-law. He's married to my sister. Um, and so I've got two kids. You have... Two kids also. My nephews. Yep. So I have the two boys. John's got the two girls. It's great. Perfect setup. Yeah. We mix and match every now and then. <laughs> yep. Ship them over. Ship them over. <laughs> um, so this is our first ever episode. and Number one. Thought we'd give you a quick uh, format overview of what to expect, uh, you know, kind of moving forward, and then we're going to kind of dive into what our theme for this uh, current first podcast is, and then we're going to dig into some horror knowledge with you and and kind of get going. So, um, format overview. So, bi-monthly or monthly, we plan, we're going to do this at least once a month, uh, depending what our dad schedule and commitment allows. Um each episode is going to carry a specific theme. So this uh, this month's theme, this first theme, is uh, Ohio-based horror films, which is our home. Um, then we're going to do a quick review of horror merchandise, what we like, what we don't like, uh, what kind of artists we're seeing on the scene that we um, you know, are, are buying from and, and what we've seen that we like. And then we'll go into a quick family antic as family is clearly very very important to us uh jamie any other format contributions i think that about covers it yeah i just want to point out uh just as a quick little intro that uh john and i both love horror um we don't have too much time to watch movies uh we don't have too much time to uh talk about horror with each other yeah uh but this is kind of an excuse to do that uh, we're going to watch a movie while we do our podcast, a different movie every time. Today we have what? We've got Scream 2. Scream 2 on in the background right now. It goes with our theme, Yep. which we will talk. Did we already talk about this? Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So why are we selecting Ohio-based horror films for our first episode, James? Simply because I, I personally, I didn't realize how many movies, how many horror movies were filmed 
Yeah, that Cleveland.com article listed like Ohio, but 18. Yeah, so we're going to cover... place. Most, to, most to clarify, do not, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's films that have either been filmed in or take place in the state of Ohio. So Very few on this list have been filmed in Ohio. Correct. Um, so this is our home, though. Uh, you know, it's a... We love it. Midwest for better or worse. State. Yeah, for better or worse. Midwest state, uh, depending on who you ask, some people define it as an East Coast state, so... Um, it's our home, though. East so, Coast. I would so say You have not. some thoughts, though, interesting thoughts on the insulation of, of where we are geographically. Yeah, I think uh, one reason that filmmakers love to set movies in Ohio is the perceived, uh, the, the perception of safety in Ohio and most Midwest towns. You know, you, you think of a setting in Iowa, Illinois, uh, rural Illinois, Ohio, PA, you think uh, <clears throat> there's not shit going on there. Uh, to be worried about, right? Yeah, and if and there's then, like a uh, sense you know, of safety and insulation. Somebody with a machete or a knife, and <laughs> shit goes bad. Well, there's also what's that line in the faculty? He says like, uh, if you're gonna take over the the world, are you gonna blow up Washington D.C. or go through the back door or whatever he says? It's a good point. Yeah, he does uh, say that, and that might be a little foreshadowing to a movie we're gonna talk about later. <laughs> uh, the other thing I want to mention before we we sort of start to dive into some of the films is the seasonality of our state. Um, we get all four seasons. We get them super hard. Sometimes in the same day. So, like sometimes in the same day, sometimes in the same week. This morning we woke up to about five to six inches of snow, and it's, it's currently pouring raining. down rain yeah. and 44 degrees. And it's going to be 15 tomorrow. So. Yep. Um, so that's that's why we've selected this as our first uh, uh, episode theme, though. We raise our kids here. This is home for us. Uh, so... That being said, we're going to talk about a couple movies that we're not going to talk about uh, and mention some honorable <laughs> mentions. Uh, so the first being a Ohio-based film, Heather, The Heathers, 1989. So this movie, for the first time, I, I tried to start watching it this You're week. You're not a fan. No, right? I'm not a fan in preparation for this because I had not seen it. And then in passing this morning, my wife says to me, it's in my top ten favorite movies, not horror movies, Movies. What? Top uh, 10? Top? Like forever. Of all films. So, also a shock there. I mean, that's great. But also shocking. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was an Ohio-based film, 1989. Also, uh, was in Christian up, Slater's heyday. Yeah. Christian Slater. Does your wife love Christian Slater? I, Does she like all of his movies or just this this one? Hard Rain is her or favorite is it, film Or is it, you know what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's her love for Winona. It's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. And, it, and that goes to... Stranger Things. Your wife actually does... She's not a horror fan, but she loves a few... Like Beetlejuice. I consider that loves a Loves Beetlejuice. I also feel like I don't necessarily define Heathers as... Well, it's fringe. It's Cer- comedy. It's, it's weird. certainly not horror. It kind of has but, that like, Beetlejuice-esque sort of atmosphere to it. That's a good point. Uh, next up that we're not going to talk about is... A little film from Wes Craven called Deadly Blessing. So I didn't, I didn't Deadly realize. Deadly Blessing. Yeah. Didn't realize. Amish country. Yep. Ohio. Yeah. So that's That's a, an interesting. Yeah, it's strange. It's one of those like religious based. Uh, yeah, the cult. Yeah. Aspect. Yep. Which <sighs> Amish pretty much is a cult. Cult like. Cult like. Yeah. Their traditions in there. Yep. Strict rigid rigidity rigidity is that the word that is the word perfect 
strict rigidity. John's the English major here. Yeah. So. I'm just I'm learning from him as we go. Uh, next also, up. wait, Deadly Blessing, young, very hot, very, always sexy, but sexier still, Sharon Stone. Yeah. I, in fact, I remember watching Is the movie. Is that her first movie? Don't know. It's, it's definitely it's early. It's gotta be, yeah. yeah. Very early It's on. up there. Yeah. Okay, next is Dahmer. I think that was like mid-2000s, oh, 2008, maybe. That movie's so uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, everything about that, that whole... man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he is actually, Jeffrey Dahmer is from, I think, Bath, Ohio. Bath, that's correct. It makes perfect sense he's from Ohio. Yeah. uh, But he did all of his killing where in Wisconsin, right? I think. I don't think he did killing in Ohio. And my... I hope not. I like to think not. My high school friend always would talk about how his father went to school. (laughs) I think high school with... With Or or the the same school that Dahmer had gone to. Little Jeffy. Yeah. Hopefully they weren't buddies uh it makes sense he does killing wisconsin wisconsin is I, I just want to say i love wisconsin i also do i love it i'll camp there every year but i would not live in that state too many people get fucking killed there. <laughs> all right what's next here Oof. sorry wisconsin uh th- <laughs> thanks killing yeah, thanks killing. So that's an interesting one. There's some. I don't know that I've ever seen things ki- killing in full. Um, yeah. terrible to say it's on this podcast get... about horror movies, but I don't. I don't know that I could ever do it. Well, that movie is like a series of isolated, funny, single exactly. lines. Exactly. Yeah. So you can just watch one line at a time. Eat one chip at a time. Your blood tastes like cranberry sauce, meanie. <laughs> uh, if you have not seen Things Killing, it's absolutely worth watching. If you're it, with like. Yeah. A hundred friends and you're drinking beer. You must be with friends or by yourself, isolated, totally stoned. Yeah. That's a... Those are the only two ways you're going to enjoy that. Yeah. I wouldn't watch it on Tuesday night while catching up on emails. No. you will be sadly disappointed. And you might be distracted in (laughs) a pleasant... There's no doubt that that movie's funny. Yeah. Uh, That movie pretty much is just a comedy clip. Yeah. It really is. Very low... Very low budget. Super low budget. I mean, it's about a goddamn turkey going around killing people. Okay. And then the final is... We have a lot of turkeys in Ohio, by the way. Yeah, and you live near the park, so you really do. <sighs> God damn those turkeys. Our final honorable mention is Freddy vs. Jason, which takes place in the Nightmare in Elm Street universe in uh, Springwood, Ohio. So, we're <clears throat> love both those franchises. Do. Love them. However, uh, this is a new metal film. It's a new metal movie. It's just like... I was telling Jamie that it's like having a cousin who's in a band who kind of likes the same music you do, but you're just like, ah, why, why is this popular? You like one side of metal, they like the, the new other. metal side. Yeah. yeah. Oh, have you ever heard of Disturbed or yeah. uh, System of a Down? And exactly. you're like, oh, it's not exactly my thing. Freddie Vs. Jason is Disturbed as a movie. Disturbed as <laughs> to music is is what Freddy vs. Jason oh, God, is Oh, God, we're film. just making friends. Already we're making friends. If you love Disturbed and you live in Wisconsin, we are sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. <laughs> we don't live in Ohio, actually. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump into our, our list. So we're going to actually cover, uh, I think we have about six films that we're going to talk about. Um, the first being Segway. Wait, real quick. Freddy vs. Jason, where do you put that on your list as far as, let's say, uh, let's say, hey, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, where do you put that? 
Oh, there are. It's is it is it like the worst Freddy movie or? Freddy's Dead and I, I know you. I think are a fan of New Nightmare. I just tried watching it again recently. <sighs> I do like I do like New Nightmare. I just can't get into it, but. I might like that movie better than those just because the Friday the 13th franchise is my favorite of the the three core franchises mm-hmm. and I I feel because there's a Jason presence that I will rank it higher than some of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Gotcha. If that makes sense. What about Jason Goes to Hell? Ugh. Because to be honest on a like if I have to watch Freddy vs. Jason or Jason Goes to Hell. I'm picking Freddy vs. Jason every time. I agree with time. you, yeah. Every time. I, I'm with you on that. Because it still has a good, you know, it still has a good vibe to it. Yeah, it's uh, in the universe, and uh, yeah. Robert England's in it, so, yeah, yeah. But that's all we're going to talk about for that. That's it for that. <laughs> for now. All right, so, same universe, also Springwood, Ohio. The original Nightmare on Elm Street is our first film we're going to discuss. So, um... I guess the whole series takes place in Ohio, but we're just going to talk about the first one. So, okay, of the you know we were just talking about the core three franchises. I I would say of the three core franchises, Halloween, Friday Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, that this is my least favorite of the franchises. However, I still love them, all of them, to their own extent. Uh, but this is this is probably my least favorite. Yeah, I think when you, it, it's like least favorite uh, it's like picking your least favorite child like you don't really have yeah. one uh, yeah but exactly if you're forced to yeah right. yep so because man there are some movies in this franchise that are just so fucking good like part three oof. dream warriors will always be dream warriors is great I, I i actually think my favorite of these is number two but um you love number two i don't know why it hit me at a time in life i think that just worked out so i have an unpopular uh, opinion i don't know if it's because I've seen Dream Warriors so many goddamn times, but I think four might be my favorite. I I hate to even say this on air. It's a weird thing to say. Okay, let's move on. Get out, so that I don't have to reflect on this. <laughs> All right, so the just first kidding. One. Dream Warriors favorite. <laughs> well, I picked number two, so um, I shouldn't be throwing stones. So the first one, the original. Takes place in Springwood, Ohio. The, my, my one criticism of the first film, I guess, and the, the franchise at large is I feel like there's not a huge uh, engagement to the seasonality that we were talking about that we like about Ohio so much. Yeah. Um, it's like always summer. And it's it, feel, it feels like every movie's in the middle of summer, even though they're like, hey, we're in school right now, or we're like, just got back to school. Yeah, uh, it shouldn't be summer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or so, it shouldn't be Ohio, one of the two. I agree. Yeah. And it's probably because it's not. Like the pool party in uh, part two. Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? You're telling me right now it's September and you guys are having that pool party in Ohio? Well, as I said earlier, with Ohio, I guess it could be. But your pool's probably closed. Climate change. After labor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, it's Johnny Depp's, I think, debut film. Yeah. first. Yeah. Very young Johnny Depp. He should have just quit right there. Yeah. Let's be honest. Just retire. Yeah. Um, just come back for Pirates of the Caribbean, just the first one. <laughs> I've done <laughs> like, two like, films. He just did those two movies. Like, that's a great career right there. It and, is a well, great career. Edward Scissorhands must be included. That's a must inclusion. A must. So, Freddy. So, talking about Wes Craven, which is obviously a critical part of this. He's the mastermind behind the whole thing. 
Uh, yeah, if you want to talk about deadly blessing, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Seems like Wes, you know, really got a lot of inspiration for this film by real life events. I think Freddy was a bully that he encountered in his school days and named the character after after him. And I think a lot of this is a reflection off their, off his his own, you know dream entrenchment and stuff like that so pretty pretty interesting dynamic to that is interesting yeah did you did we mention that wes was born in cleveland no i think that's a big reason why the nightmare on elm street franchise is set in uh the fictional town of springwood ohio yeah um i think he just like you know it's probably like let's go back to my roots on this yeah that's that's a super cool point and i i i believe i read somewhere too that he taught at a Taught English at a university. That, that don't quote me on this. Uh, in Western Pennsylvania at Westminster College, I we believe. We won't quote you, but you're being recorded, so. Don't quote me. Don't verify that. Don't play this back. Uh, yeah. So this film was shot in 32 days, which blew my mind. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. You got to amazing. Halloween shot in I think it was three weeks or so. Um, this is just a week longer than that. Um, it's crazy. And I, I feel like part of what you definitely see in this film versus like Halloween, for example, is the the investment and emphasis on um, not so much gore, but the, the the time they take for like the anima, animatronics component. And I always thought that they were trying to push the limit with that kind of stuff. Like when the girl puts her head in the TV in, in part three, like... Uh, I just feel like when the clay dolls come to life, too, you know what I mean? I always felt like they were trying to find ways to utilize, not CGI, but what CGI has become. Just push the limits with that, so. The use of practical effects. Yeah. In this, just the whole franchise. The the steps. So good, man. When her uh, foot falls in the steps, I think it was like pancake batter or something. Mm. So it's just so cool to see uh, that kind of thing. Like, Uh, if you guys have never seen Never Sleep Again. Yeah. Which is like. The longest documentary, I think, just on ever. Earth. Yeah, that's like, that's not a ser- like, a documentary that's not a docu series, like just a standalone movie. That is a long ass movie. Yeah. But I could not look away. Yep. It's cool to see. You guys need to check that out if you have not. Never sleep again. Uh, it goes through the making of every single uh, movie in that franchise. <clears throat> Super interesting. And watching them use those effects and kind of like seeing the way that they came up with them and their thought process and making those effects very cool. it's unreal man yep. yeah uh atmosphere of this film very unsettling <sighs> di- so I mean, dark. A dialogue yeah it, it, it's dark it's a very cryptic when did you first see that movie oh Do you know um this i would have seen this first probably as like a senior in high school or a junior okay, in high yeah. school yeah you had a friend show it to you or no, I mean, I got super into the the Friday the 13th franchise um, and the the idea of kind of like the franchise films, the, the, the core. Yeah. Um, and then I just started, it was like Circuit City and Best Buy. Like every week I'd take my pizza check, uh, pizza, pizza joint paycheck and like go up and I'd be hunting to like collect movies for a series and be like, oh man, I got to get... I'm missing part four or I'm missing part seven and I, I would just collect them and buy them all. And I kind of miss that about that part of life and that time of life. But, yeah. 
uh, yeah, this would have been in that time frame, definitely like late late in high school. I remember I was uh, we went to a family member's house. <clears throat> I think they lived in an apartment or something. And uh, you know, I was I don't I don't know how old I was at the time. I was probably I was younger than ten. Really? And, yeah, and my parents bring me in there, <clears throat> and I, I think it was my stepdad's sister or something. Um, and they were watching Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. And it was the beginning. When Tina's in her dream sequence, oh, God. the lamb runs across the way there. And you're like, oh, this looks interesting. And I was, I was just like a young, you know, innocent child, had no idea what I was looking at. But, you know, if there's a TV on in the room at that age, I'm going to look at it, it at this age even. Um, so my eyes didn't leave the screen until Freddy hit. That's when my eyes left the screen. I think I left the room. I don't and know that I watched it again. To, yeah. yeah. Honestly, I don't know that I watched that movie again until I was like a, you know, a late teen. Yeah. Scarred me a little bit. Yeah, so it hit, that, that one hit me late in life. Um, so let's talk maybe about some notable scenes of that film. Uh, you kind of just mentioned one there, the, the, the teen oh, one. Oh, dude, that yeah. beginning, yeah. Mm. But the, my favorite, I have to say, is uh, like, dude, when Tina and Rod, they go and they make love. Rod. Yeah, Rod. Um, yeah. And then in, in the middle of the night there, yep. Tina gets, dude, like her going Slung up the, the wall ceiling. onto, yeah. it's, it's one of the most memorable horror movie moments in my, in my mind. It has that like almost like exorcism yep. uh, or the exorcist, like the erratic like body movement thing that where it's just like you're to, as a oh, viewer, dude. even like you're not, even, you're not in any form of control. And the amount of blood. And you, you almost empathize Ugh. with that guy, with Rod, because think of him, like, it's terrifying yeah. to see what's happening to her, but imagine being in that guy's space, and you, this is just erratically happening. It's funny, because that guy goes from being a douche to being a sympathetic character real quick. Yeah, so I read that he was a drug addict, and was on drugs, like, that whole, the filming of the movie. Particularly the scene, like, if you go back and watch the scene where he's in the jail cell, mm-hmm. you can tell in that moment that he's he's high. I think it was, like, heroin or something. Damn, pretty weird. I had no idea. That's a good one. I, I'm going to mention one scene that I, I, uh, am partial to, which is the, the blood bag scene. I guess for lack of a better term, when she, has that very like Laurie Strode moment in class where she's kind of like, you know, in in the seat and 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 is engaging in some capacity with the the foe of the film, right? Similar to what Laurie Strode goes yeah. through. Uh, and then oh, I love that. I, you're uh, right, man, dude. That, who's the teacher in that scene? It's uh... oh yeah, I didn't realize this, but you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. It's like the queen of horror. I can't remember her name, but uh... we should know her name, but we don't. The, the woman from Insidious. Yes. Uh, so that that's a great scene, um, and it's also kind of foreshadowing, maybe a little bit for later in life for Scream Three. I think. I uh, mean that, as you said, like. That's a direct, you know, yeah. reference there. Yeah, very very cool. Um, Lynn Shea is her name. Lynn Shea, yeah. The other uh, scene that's obviously very, very, very famous and very well known is the the blood bucket dump of, of Johnny Depp's death when he gets sucked into the bed and the blood goes spraying. So I guess they kind of had to, like, again, in the interest of not using... CGI didn't exist at this point in time, but they had to build a room thank God. upside down. Honestly, thank God I, it didn't. Because uh, imagine how many filmmakers... It, we might not even have the practical, effect, practical effects that we have now, 
you know, that we've seen. If it weren't for, yeah, if, for this. If CGI was always yes. a crush that you could use. Thank God that did not exist back then. Um, Think of what the original Star Wars even would be if CGI existed back then. It would be the same yeah. fucking... Yeah. Ugh. All right. Anyways. So that, I mean, that scene, though, I, I can't remember the, um, the, the gallon use that they had of that fake blood that they used, but it, uh, it was a lot. It was very, very cool. Um, they built a room upside down to, to make the effect appear that the blood was, and then they had to like film it upside down. Yeah, I can't remember the amount of gallons either, but I remember it was like something it, it, insane. It's something you look at yeah. and it's like, oh, I make four hundred billion dollars a year, and you're like, oh, I can never relate to that. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. What about quotes from this film that you like? I mean, we have to go to the one, right? The rod. The rod. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the best quote in the movie for sure. What is it? You uh, watch the, the Sopranos? How's was... it go? The... <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't want my accent. Um, but to it, it, so it's <laughs> you better do it. Up yours with a twirling lawnmower. <laughs> and the whole time you're like, let me play that back. Is he saying a twist of line? Dude, is... for the longest time yeah. I thought he was saying, up yours with a twist of line. <laughs> I mean, it may as well have been. Uh, the one that I really, really like in relation actually to a scene we talked about already was when the teacher comes out like with a like half Freddy sweater on or whatever. And she's like, where's your hall pass? Oh, the hall monitor. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, screw your pass. Yeah, I like that. You know what's funny is this is one of the few, uh, maybe the only uh, Nightmare on Elm Street film where my favorite quote is not from Freddy. This was before he was yeah. very humorous. He didn't have a much of a personality other than just being terrifying just in being the first terrifying, two, right? I'd say. Yeah. yeah, I'd say three is when it really yeah, the, kicked in. Yeah, the second one, you know, we only see flashes of him, really. Uh, but that, oh man, once it turns... It's funny because that franchise flipped and still still remained relevant and amazing in yeah. its own way. And it had an identity identity uh, uh, resurgence. Yeah, interesting. Um, so we covered. I had two questions for you. I wrote down, but I think we answered them. So where were you when you first saw this, and what's your favorite of the franchise? So it seems like you were with your stepdad, who would just terrorize you with visual images as a child. And part four, are you gonna stick to that? We're going to stick with it, yeah. All right. Uh, three and four. We'll, we'll just say three and four, right? All right. So the first six movies <laughs> The first are six favorite. are my one favorite. All right. So we're going to move on now um, to a film called Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat, rather, uh, from 2008. Yeah, careful. Yeah. Not the, it's a little different from yeah. the 82 version or whatever. Uh, Great so, movie in its own right, but yeah, not yeah. the one we're referring to. Trick or Treat. So this trick came our out. Treat. Trick or treat. Came out in two thousand eight. Um, man, I I don't have enough positive things to say about this film. It just made such an impact. I, I, I would say of the past of the two thousands thus far, this is probably my favorite horror movie that's been made. Um, yeah. And I mean, I just love this movie so much. Atmospherically, it's just so it's beautiful. It's beautifully shot. Oh, it's, dude. You feel like you are honestly in a Midwest. Ohio town. Um, this movie is Halloween. It is Halloween. It just is. The I mean, decor, uh, everything. I know that it's supposed to be, but they, they fucking nailed it, man. Like, this movie is Halloween. And that's the one thing you complain about about Halloween H2O is it's not Halloween-y enough. Uh, this is, like, sure. yeah. the antithesis of that. This is, like, it is Halloween in every scene. 
Um, the characters, I, I mean, and personally, like, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of, like, short stories in general. Um, and I'm not crazy about, like, the interwoven story concept. Uh, but it just, it really works here. I just, I feel like it's so great. See, I am a fan of that concept. Um, and I, I mean, <laughs> this almost sets precedent for me in my own mind. Uh, because it's just... If you ask me the perfect Halloween movie, perfect uh, anthology film, this is probably it for me. Yeah, I, I agree. Most people would say Creepshow, I'm sure. Um, um, yeah. We don't have to delve into that world. I'm sure we'll get there someday. Yeah, but even Creepshow, though, those are isolated stories. And this is one of those, like... Yeah, they don't interweave, right? Yeah. I got you. It's it, This is masterfully done. It truly is. So, some notable scenes. I... That opening scene, man, it's just so impactful. Uh, the just, oh, it sets up all the rules like, uh, right away. Yeah, sets up the rules. Tells you, yeah. The the vibe, the feel, the uh, the just like Halloweenness of it, and and the decoration, the costumes, the the candy, the the colors, like the the director of photo- the photography is just beautiful. Oh, the it's like so well done. Yeah. yeah, I just can't say enough positive things. Um, so what are your, what what are some of your favorite scenes from, from this film? I I think as you said, that first scene sets it up so perfect, man. Yeah. Um, and I love everything about it. I love, you know, the, the, the way they dramatize her pulling the sheets off of the, yeah, that sound too, like the, yeah, the sound. Yeah. yeah. And you know, something, something's coming. You just know, I I mean, they've already, you know, they've already let you know, like she's probably going to die. Um, but then, like, the whole thing with him going up to watch the porn video, yeah. you know, you got the scream that leads to it. You see him in there watching it. It's just perfect. And then that music, too, like, and and the, uh, like, comic book intro. Oh, oh dude, is. yeah, the the way that they make it like the comic book. Yeah. Um, like, it's a comic great. book is perfect, yeah. Um, so, a, a couple scenes I that I really, really am fond of. One, so the kids, the segment, the school bus segment, I guess, um, I would say that's my favorite segment. I think it's probably my favorite segment as well. Um, like when I rewatch it, it's not. Now it's not my favorite segment. What's your favorite segment? Well, it was my favorite segment. I think when I first watched it, I thought that was the best segment. I think it's the most. But what? my, like to me, the most fun segment is, uh, you know, the principal man. Oh yeah, yeah. And the son. Don't forget to help me with the eyes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that guy is great. That whole, yeah, that whole. But in all honesty, it's hard for me to pick one. I love it all. But that segment, okay, so you that segment is two parts, I guess. It's past and present, right? So the the scene where, so there are two elements of that uh, particular segment I want to touch on. First is the scene where they're going, the, the bus driver is going through the bus and making sure all of the... God, the yeah, kids are so, like, lost. Ominous, oh, that yeah. is so. That is so haunting, and Dude. the color of that, like the that scene too. The way it's like it's not dark. It's it's midday. The sun's coming through. Um, it feels like it's like four o'clock after school one day. Like exactly. Just, yeah. Oh, god. That, that that's a very very haunting scene. And then also the present day portion of that segment when they are. Uh, the kids are walking down the street to go toward the, the quarry uh, where this happened, and they're going to play the, the prank. 
Um, the way they're walking down that street and, and talking and the dialogue, it, it has a very, like, Halloween, you know, John Carpenter sort of vibe to it, I think. The pumpkins outside of the uh, of the Brian Cox character's house and just all, all of that in general. I just, I, I love the, just the whole atmosphere of that. It's, that is as Midwest as it gets. Like that, that feels like Absolutely. Halloween night. Yeah. yeah. 100% man. That's Ohio on Halloween night. It they tr- nailed it. It truly there, is. And then the, the final scene I just want to mention too, is the, the skin shedding. That's just such a, like, it's a scene that's, it's so like injected with like, it's like it's almost like sexy and you feel weird like finding it that way and you're like oh, oh the man. werewolf scene. Yeah, oh. yeah i mean it's great it truly is great um really really uh really love that movie just anna fantastic paquin. film yeah, yeah. Just, anna paquin just it's great all those girls are beautiful yep um, that scene's amazing yeah that whole story are there quotes from this film that you like oh my dude my favorite quote there's a few Obviously, I know that you have one that I would have chosen as well. But if I have to choose one, it would be uh, when the kids are down there in the quarry. Oh, yeah. What? what is I don't. That? I'm not a fan of this word. I'm just going to repeat it because it's in the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. already out there, folks. Don't don't get salty. Uh, the kid says, I "Can't see shit in this fog. I think I found a dead retard." And the girl says, "That's me, asshole." Yeah. So good. like I said. So, that, <laughs> I mean, you know, that whole, that it's whole just going to make you laugh. Yeah. yeah. Love that segment. Um, so that, that Brian Cox character, love, just absolutely love him. Um, I think his name's Mr. Krieg, but when, I love Brian Cox, but yeah. When the in principal's out digging in the backyard and, and <laughs> he hears him, he's like, is that you Wilkins? Is that you out there? I just love, absolutely love that. Uh, his, his whole character is great. And then also... What's wh- he say? Smells like a dead whore! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Smells like a dead whore! <laughs> yeah. And uh, he he has another great um, great line toward the end of the movie when he's fighting with Sam, essentially. And, and I think it's the hand that goes crawling by. But uh, I, I did some research and saw that there was a parallel... And a nod to, to Carpenter here um, from my favorite film, probably of all time, uh, The Thing. When when Palmer and The Thing sees the Norris spider head running by, and he says, you got to be fucking kidding me. Uh, oh, dude. They, I guess it's a... That thr- would have been the one I chose. Yeah. yeah. It's a throwback to that, I guess. So that's... Mr. I didn't Craig know that. That's, that about, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I hope that's, that's a real reference. If it's not, uh, I'm just going to pretend it is, because I love it. Yeah, I love that. And I, I just love that line. Every time I watch that movie, you know, it's funny because you... Shit that's funny at first doesn't always remain funny. That stays funny to me. Stays funny. Yeah. What, uh... So, favorite segment? You you, you sort of touched on your... Yeah, I... <sighs> gotta be that one, right? The kids, or... Oh, well, you said... The problem is I can't pick one now. Yeah. So, if you're going to hold me to it, we're going to be here a while because I can't pick. Well, I'll wait you out. No. Uh, my favorite segment, I definitely think, is the kids' one. The the Cory. Yeah, yeah, the Cory, the, the school bus. Just like I said, that scene is so haunting. And then when they go to present day and the kids interacting with uh, that girl is so hateful that 
it's dressed up like an angel. Like if my daughters hang out with kids like that, I'm ugh. dude. She's such a little she's shit. She's honestly just so nasty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but super well acted because like that's obviously the intent is you're supposed to be cringing at her and she makes you do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, where uh, where were you when you first saw this movie? Would have been probably 2009. Yeah, I was living uh, with your sister, yeah. who's now my wife. She was not my wife at the time, but I was living with her, um, and we rented it. it. It was I don't know if you remember when this finally came out, but it was like everyone knew about the movie, but it never did get released in the theaters. At least not you know, at least not a major release. Um, so we had to wait for the video, but I kept reading about it online, waiting for it to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Finally came out, watched it. I'll be honest. I don't know that I loved it as much as I do now. The first time I watched it, I think my hopes were just too high. Like, uh, this was going to be the perfect Halloween movie, which it, it is. Yep. But I think when you, as people who love Halloween, like you and I do, if you say to me, I have the perfect Halloween movie for you, like my standards are already like, you can't meet my standards. Well, I kind of felt that way heading into 2009, and then this happened. So yeah, I hope it happens again, maybe. But but I, I mean, this is now yeah. maybe in my top ten of all. Yeah, I mean, this is a wonderful <laughs> film. If you've not seen this, um, where have you been? Get out of your doing? rock, yeah, and go listen or go watch it now. All right, so here's here's a a, a parallel. Okay, you got to follow me here. Gotcha. This is going to lead to our next film. I've been practicing this transition for weeks. Okay, so. Brian Cox, one of the best characters of the Six film. Six separations of Brian Cox. Six separations of <laughs> Brian Cox. Um, so he's in Trick or Treat, obviously. So our next film we're going to talk about is Silence of the Lambs. But we I didn't tie realize in here? this. Yes, we got a tie-in. So, not to Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, Be, well, to that in a roundabout way. Yes, that arena. Gotcha. So I was always under the impression that. You know, the Hannibal Lecter that we meet in Silence of the Lambs is the first Hannibal Lecter that existed, but it wasn't. The first Hannibal Lecter was actually Brian Cox in a movie, I think, five, seven years prior called Manhunter. And oh, that dude. movie... What a movie. ...has some short shorts on some dudes. That... <laughs> some short 80s shorts. Um, <laughs> but that... I, so that... That's the tie-in. But we're going to head to Silence of the Lambs. We're not going to talk about Manhunter. We're going to talk about uh, Silence of the Lambs and what a wonderful film this is, which I just rewatched this past week. Uh, and man, the first thing I'll say about this movie, the cover art, I just, as a kid, remember distinctly two movies I would walk past that my parents would obviously never let me rent as an eight-year-old, but I was so enamored by the, the cover art. One was this, Silence of the Lambs, and the other was Candyman. I was just fascinated yeah, by like yeah. those covers because it was like, oh, those are so oh, iconic. I miss those days walking through the movie store. Like, Ugh. we wouldn't pick movies based on. Don't even read the box. Just I, look at the picture. I had no idea what the yeah. plot was. Yep. Give me that photo on film. That's it. Yep. So, cover art of this film. Uh, the next thing I'll mention too is just the. I, I'm gonna do this probably several times over the course of our contribution to this podcast, but I love the X-Files. Love, love, love the X-Files. And I feel like the X-Files would not exist the way that we know it if this film wasn't a thing. 
I definitely think that the X Files borrowed some atmosphere and concept from this. Uh, oh, dude, one hundred percent, yeah. From a little bit of everything, really. I, even like Scully's character is so like it's a redheaded um, dude woman yeah. of of of. I couldn't agree more. Magnitude, you know what I mean? Like she's we have not like, discussed this beforehand, but I cannot agree more. It's it's great, and I I didn't realize how. I, so I don't. Do you classify Silence of the Lambs as like a true horror film, or do you feel like it's more of a no? It's got horror elements for sure. Yeah. Um, so, and we should mention too that parts of this film take place in Ohio. Most of it is, I think, East Coast, like you know near what? Quantico. It jumps, it jumps yeah, around yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But, spoiler alert. Okay, I gave you a minute there, just a second. Um, <laughs> the turn off. The big reveal on the end takes place in Ohio. Yeah. When we find out. Where Buffalo Bill is. Yep. Right? Yep. Belvedere, the fictional town, the fic, fic, fictional. There you go. Fictional. The factional. Good night. Good night. Uh, the, the, the fictional town of Belvedere, Ohio, um, which does not really exist, as most of these towns do not. But yeah, I. Well, so. I love this movie, man. Part of what I love about. And it's terrifying. This, oh, it's, it's got, actually, it's it's got so parts of this that are horror, for sure. Yeah, I think horror elements. But what I like about this and the X Files both is they spread out the geography. This came out in a time that, like, you didn't have uh, what you have today, right? Which is like you can understand the atmosphere of an environment or a part of the world or a place very, very quickly and easily because we have so much access to sure. digital media. Yeah. So this was like, hey, the, here are these snippets of like these remote towns within the United States that you've probably not been to and don't know, uh, and it gives you like a window into that, and it's just it's it's actually it it creates this wonderful uh, these layers of like different atmospheres, and again, it, it keeps you off balance, but it still finds a way to be in in sync. It's just it's it's crazy, and I can see why it won so many awards. Um, Anthony Hopkins is like a little Pez dispenser in this movie, man. He's so scary. Uh, just, when I mean, this is cell? the defining role of Anthony Hopkins, right? I don't know what he did before this. Um, probably not much, uh, right? Dude, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't really know but either. This is, this is, to me, when I think Anthony Hopkins, I think Hannibal Lecter. And when I think Hannibal Lecter, I think Anthony Hopkins. I don't think Brian Cox. <laughs> yeah exactly love brian cox i'm not picturing but, you as yeah. hannibal lecter bud the so the scene when he's in the glass encasement when she's walking down the steps and the security guard lets her down he was like he's like you'll, you'll he says something like you'll be all right or oh when like, he's in the oh yeah yeah and she you can tell like she doesn't know what she's getting herself into and she has no this, she has no idea and then it doesn't they send her off on this quick little mission. She's like going for hey, a just run. Go uh, have this guy fill out this survey real quick, would you? Which, by the way, that scene where she's running in the beginning, love that. Like oh, that, through the woods, through there? the woods. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. And then that guy creeps in from out of nowhere. He's like, "Hey!" Uh, and she like whips her head around, and he's like in a full suit. And it's like, "Wow, that's weird that you're that you're over there, and you knew where why she was." Why are you in this park? And why? Like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that. That is a, that's a good, uh, good scene. But when when she heads heads in and is going down to meet Hannibal Lecter, and the security guard is almost like Halloween Four, and the guy's like, Jesus ain't got nothing to do with this place. 
Uh, it's a much re- more reserved oh, version yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, so he, he, you know, lets her in, and then all those guys are creepy down there. But you go through Migs your series. Being, Migs being the creepiest. Migs drops Migs. the c word hard, yeah. and then throws a ugh. the c oh, word God. that rhymes with hunt. Yeah. Yep, that's the one. It's one of those first movies that, dude. Like The Exorcist. It's so... It's, the they thing throw is, that out there and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, they're going to a so place. jarring, yeah. Yeah. Um, but when she finds him, Lecter, in that glass encasement and he's like so prim and proper and, and just before that they're talking about how he like ate someone's face or yeah, liver. Yeah, Dr. Choten drops that bomb on her about the... Uh, and yeah. he says that his heartbeat didn't go above 85 beats per minute. Right. Oh, what a... That that oh, um, so great great scene, and then the mask is is clearly iconic too when he has the the mask on his face later in the film, and then when he's dressed all in white also, which you know like okay there's gonna be blood on that, uh, <laughs> yeah. when he's in that like little like arena they build for oh, that, him like bird bird cage yeah he's got that bird cage that he's like reading and so, drinking wine from in. what i know that was the courthouse that was supposed to be the courthouse oh that they for some reason devoted to now we're gonna give five floors to this man oh, uh to yeah. make it his prison that yeah. makes no sense i don't understand the open bird cage thing like no. just lock the fucking guy in a closet right that guy it, honestly right? anyone you, that's you eating people at 85 uh, beats per minute no. with their heart you're not putting him in a birdcage. You're putting him in a... God damn. I don't... I'll never understand that, but it makes for amazing... For an amazing yeah. movie scene, yeah. Um, oh, so... Okay. So, let's fast forward to the... Sorry to cut you off there. The Ohio-ness, though. Buffalo Bill's house, okay? That... That house... I was reading... Was a high school teacher... A physics teacher's house. Wait, which house? Buffalo Bill. Yes! Who's living in there? Who, around whose kids is living in that actual house? Is the house actually in Ohio? I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I could check, though. Should we know that? Yes. Yes, we should. We'll be more prepared next time. And that dance that Buffalo Bill does as well. So I guess that was not written in the screenplay. So that Wait, the dance with his uh, when he's like, pee-pee yeah. tucked between his <laughs> yes. legs? The dance. The man you know, scene. You know the one yeah. that I'm talking about. I just wanted to say it out loud. So, quotes from this film that you also are I wanted to. Bring, to. I wanted to just bring up real quick that uh, upon my research, I noticed that uh, they did a lot of filming. Like like we said, most of these films were not actually filmed in Ohio. Uh, this one I don't think was either. But a lot of this movie was filmed in Pittsburgh. Really? Yeah, and where we're located in Ohio is uh, <clears throat> it's almost smack dab in between Cleveland and Pittsburgh, so we're like yeah. like an hour and 20 minutes from Pittsburgh. So that's close enough, I guess, uh, for this episode. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so the uh, Baltimore Mental Hospital where Anthony is, or where, where Hannibal is encased in that glass, as you said, yeah. uh, that's actually a old mental hospital near Pittsburgh. Ugh. God. about 15 miles outside of pittsburgh um so i found that to be interesting and the uh where the bird cage is the courthouse where the bird cage is also a i don't remember exactly what kind of building that was but that was also in pittsburgh huh i had no so idea that's pretty interesting yeah um and one dude 
if we're going to go back to Manhunter for a second, I, I cannot believe... So, Thomas Harris uh, is the one who came up with... I think he was the author of the books, but he also came up with Hannibal Lecter. Um, and he... Manhunter did so terrible. Like, Manhunter was... Like, people look back on it now and go, like, Oh, dude, Manhunter, it's so good. At the time, it was a terrible flop. Uh, so, Thomas was, like... He sold his rights to Orion Pictures. Complete rights to the Hannibal Lecter name to Orion and they, you know. Do you know what the amount was? No. It's probably like a. Hey, buy me I, a glass I, of scotch I don't, and uh, I don't you know. can have it. I want this <laughs> shit stain off my record. Uh, huh. Interesting stuff. So. You saw. Have you seen Manhunter? You just saw the beginning? No, I just saw the beginning. And based off the. Pay, like, you know. I don't know. It's an artsy film. Yeah, it looked they like it. They definitely look more artsy. I, I think. If I had to pick one, I know that's not what we're doing here, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Silence of the Lambs um, over the two. But I think if I had to do repeated viewings of the two movies, I'd probably pick uh, Manhunter. As a film, like, you like that one better? I think uh, I think Silence of the Lambs is, you know, it won many Oscars. It won, like, the top five. Yeah. Um, and I think justifiably so. I think that was an amazing movie. I think, but I think uh, that was more of a movie geared towards public. I I, I think that uh, Michael Mann's movie took more of a artistic approach. And um, I don't know. I th- I think I just maybe I just like William Peterson in uh, short purple shorts <laughs> those, more than I like seeing. Shorts. Yeah, that could be what it is. That was the first thing I said when we were watching that. I was like, oh, dude. Did you see? And you're like, oh yeah, his shorts. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's definitely a part of this film. It's funny because it, if I were taking notes on the um, the impactful scenes and moments of that film, that would be like at the top of my list, like William Peterson shorts. Yes, most impactful. That's the, it's unbelievable. It's crazy. <laughs> so go back if you haven't seen that. Um, so quotes. Keep uh, an eye out for the shorts. One one of my favorites was when he says, uh, "Whenever feasible, one should always try to eat the rude." You know, that's that's so tongue in cheek and <laughs> yeah. like snappy. Uh, and he's something he's, your dad would say. Yeah. Yes. Moving to our next film, Scream Two, which I'd say probably for Jamie and I. I mean, this is one hundred percent in my top two franchises. Uh, of all horror, so I it, it might be one, it might be two, depending on the day uh, that you ask me. But we both really, really love these films. Um, Jamie, in terms of of the four of them, where does this one rank for you? Uh, this, it's number two. I I think for me yeah. too. Yeah. I, I honestly, think it goes in order. I, I don't want to give me. too much away. I think for me as well. Yeah. It one, goes two, in three, order. four. I know there's people that love four. There's people that just love four. I I don't like four. I, I also really don't care for four. Um, and and to say, I'm sorry. I guess the correct wording is I don't love four. Like I I like it. Yeah. I mean it's in that universe. You know it's got got the characters. I I like it in that aspect. But so for me on this one, Sarah Michelle Gellar is in this. So it's one of my favorite movies of all time because she is my favorite of all time. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, but the, the cast, I feel it's, it's she great. She's so beautiful, man. Stay away from just her. Hurting, yeah. She's mine. Timothy Oliphant, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith in the beginning. Cast, dude. Joshua Jackson, like this movie is nineties. 
first one is 90s. This one is like... Yeah, Joshua Jackson. If you go back a, yeah. like in a time capsule, if you're going to show somebody a movie from the 90s, I'm showing them this one. Yeah, it's like the encyclopedia version. Um, Kevin Williamson makes a cameo in this, too. He's the guy interviewing uh, Cotton Weary, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Because he wasn't in the first one at all, right? He didn't, he I think it's the only one he, he he's in. It's not uh, like Stephen King. Right. Showing up as like some creepy hot Hitchcock. dog or something. Yeah. <laughs> He does like to do that. Um, I was reading on this that the script... So, spoiler alert here, so we'll pause for a second in case you haven't seen this. But if you haven't seen this, you probably shouldn't be listening to the podcast. Um, there was a script <laughs> go that... Go away. That, if you that, haven't seen this, go away. So, you got to think this is like mid-internet era, becoming super popular, right? Um, the script leaked online. And... The original killers were supposed to be Hallie, the roommate, and really? yeah, and Derek, be the honest, boyfriend. I didn't know this, yeah, yeah, and then they had to rewrite because the script leaked, which is ah. interesting. So it was always supposed to be two killers. Yes, but it was going to be Derek, Derek, and Nev Hallie, Campbell's boyfriend, yep. and Hallie, Nev Campbell's roommate. Correct. Gotcha. And then, I mean, I'm dude. That's crazy. It is crazy because, and it obviously shows that, that would have been good in its own right. Like, the longevity of the storyline was not predetermined, clearly. Like, yeah. this led to three then, and they were like, oh, well, we, we, ha- we have this dynamic now, that this family thing that we can continue to play on and, and grow. Um, we're currently watching Scream 2, as we mentioned earlier, and we're at the scene right now where Derek's tied up on stage, and we just found out that Mickey is one of the killers. One of the two. When I wake up... In the morning, sometimes Brittany always you feel says, like Mickey. "Well, she goes, you have Timothy Oliphant hair today." You do get Mickey hair. Yeah, that's what. It's but a you thing. don't just get Timothy Oliphant hair. Like you don't have Timothy Oliphant hair from The Office. It's from Scream Two. It's only it's only from Scream Two. That's not Danny Cordray. That's a male model. <laughs> um, you don't have that hair. So yeah, no, I don't have that hair. So uh, scenes from this film that you love. I've got a handful, but. What are some of your favorites? I mean, again, picking favorite scenes from these movies sometimes it's like, what am I doing here? But yeah. I love, man, like the film class scene. Yeah. I love it. When it it feels like I'm sequels, in there. Yeah. I think every I, time I watch yeah. it, it's like I'm in this classroom having this conversation. Yep. And one of my favorite lines from the movie. Um, is when John, when they're talking about the best sequels and how no sequels are good. Um, are there any good sequels? And Joshua Jackson says, I got it. House 2, the, the second, second story. story. Yeah. And I'll be honest, the first time I saw that movie, I, I never saw House 2. I had seen House 1. I have not seen House 2. You still to this day? Still to this day, Okay, so I saw, I watched House 2 uh, recently. And the whole time I was thinking like, why would that guy say that out loud in that class? Like, <laughs> House 2 is awful. If you love House 2, I'm sorry. To me, it was horrible. I've only seen it the one time. I watched it in full. Um, I've seen it. I've seen parts of it many times since. But We're going to um, have to cover a, a house in House 2. We'll oh, do it. Maybe, maybe I'll love House 2 the second yeah, time. Yeah, you never know. Joshua Jackson did. So, I... I I, I went the other way. Uh, now that you mentioned that scene, I wish I would have picked it because I do feel so comforted by it. That scene's like wearing a like your uh, favorite like, T-shirt. Dude, yeah, it, like makes me wish I was back in college almost. Yeah, just that scene. Speaking of which, 
The original film takes place in California. This one in Ohio. Let's let's please mention this. How they all just go to the same school in some remote location Why in Ohio. Are they all in Ohio? I don't get it. Alright, so they went from California, Woodsboro, obviously, to they they never do give us the name of the I don't think the word Ohio is mentioned once in this movie. I, I didn't know this took place in Ohio until it takes place the research for this podcast. At fictional Windsor College. Ficti- God damn it. Fictional. Fic- fictional or fictitious. Good night. Good Again. night to you, sir. Uh, Windsor College does not really exist. That's the name of the college there. Um, at, the only way you're going to know this is Ohio is if you're looking really closely and looking for it. Like we were. Uh, the license plates. There's a couple license plates that say Ohio. Yeah. Um, and then at the beginning of the movie, uh, after the murder in the movie theater, a reporter is uh, doing a segment on the murder, and her microphone says uh, <clears throat> Ohio 66, which must be the channel, the local news channel. Um, I, I mean, those are really the only ways you would know. I, other than that, um, Corey Gillis, the kid yeah. who does the prank phone call. Corey Gillis, 55515, five, and he's like, shit! Correct. Shit. The <laughs> yeah. area code uh, that shows up is 513. Oh, which, which is, is Cincinnati. Southeastern Ohio, yeah. correct. Cincinnati. Yep. Interesting. Huh. So those are, the only, those are the only mentions, the only times on screen that you would know this is Ohio. Yeah. So, all right, a couple scenes that I love. Uh, the sound booth, when... my favorite. That's my favorite scene. Oh, God. When Dewey's that is, being attacked, uh, that that's a terrifying scene. That truly is. When you asked me my favorite scene, I forgot I forgot about that. That is my favorite scene. Yes, that's a great scene. I I think my my favorite favorite is, I don't know why, but in this in this universe they really nail it with the car scenes that fir- in the first movie. That's when, my favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> but the car scene that is so so like. Dude, like I said, I can't pick a favorite scene. You're holding your breath the whole time, and there's that car scene too. And uh, I know what you did last summer as well. Uh, so it's just this time. Yeah. This this uh, era, I guess. But it that scene is great when they're crawling, <sighs> crawling over the body. Is that what you're picking favorite scene? Yeah. Or are you picking oh, yeah. the sound booth? No, I'm, I'm going with the car the scene. Car. Yeah. And the, I do need to mention one scene that actually. Just uh, dude, the way me they off. build the tension in that that car scene. Yeah, it's it's incredibly <sighs> tense. It's incredibly like you're, the, the whole, whole time, time you're, you're holding like, your breath. Your heart's yeah. pumping a, a million miles a minute. Can't breathe. Yeah. No, that scene's amazing. Um. The other thing I need to mention that annoys me is the performance rehearsal. Nev Campbell's performance rehearsal. Why, in the name of shit, may I ask, sir, you survived a knife-wielding psycho, two knife-wielding psychos earlier in your life. You are now in college, and it appears that other people are being knocked off by knives in your in your world and your director gives you an attaboy speech and says get in there babe let's uh let's go ahead let's and rehearse do this they're doing a performance of the fall of troy and they're running around with fake knives someone attacking her attacking her someone needs to the fact that she has a mental breakdown in the middle of that should shock nobody especially the douche director teacher director whoever it whatever is. he was yeah yeah oh so quotes from this any any particular ones that you like 
Uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to pick one here. I love them all. Uh, Everything so, Randy says, right? Uh, Rand, yeah. I, I started <laughs> pulling some. They were all Randy. Mickey, too. Like, I, I guess if I had to pick one, it would be The House 2. Second yeah. story. I just... Again, I love that scene. I, I like when Randy says, "I'd let the I'd let the geek get the girl," and he sprays Benaka in his great mouth. That's too. That's just so. That really embodies his character. Um. Also, so nineties the Benaka. When is the last time you saw two Benaka for sale? I don't let know. Let alone make it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's jump to a film in the same uh, era here. This is one of my favorites. Truly, uh, it's the faculty. Oh, love this movie. Nineteen ninety-eight. Faculty. I can't even mention how much I love. Yeah, I think Robert Rodriguez directed this, um, which is fantastic. He oh, did Desperado, yeah. and um, I think he did From Dust Till Dawn as well. Uh, but he, this movie's great. Um, very, very Scream era. Uh, you know, a couple years after Scream came out, uh, you know, they were really really diving in doing the I know what you did last summers the, the faculty the urban legend era um, love the back to school vibe of of the movie um, that that truly is the that this feels like a school in the state of Ohio it does um, and it's it's great um, oh I mean that movie is I mean you're right that's Ohio with the football the the emphasis on football. Yes. Oh, that's a thing here. It truly is. It's, it's very much a thing. See, the thing is, I don't know if that's a thing. Like, I know Texas, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know nationwide how, like, what the emphasis is on high school football. But, like, in Ohio, like, we have, like, a news segment dedicated to the local. The local high school football. Uh, yeah. And some guy is using a camera that he unearthed from the depths of a. <laughs> right. Uh, landfill. I mean, it's not ESPN. It's yeah. local news for sure. But, but yeah, and that that cold open too. Oh, with with T two in it. Um, it's great the Dude, way the movie starts. So and, good. And and the the foreshadowing too. With I just the, love that movie so much. The music throughout. When he's when when the the sprinklers are going, he's trying to stop them, and then that ends up being the lifeblood for the aliens is right. the water. Uh, love that. That's such a cool. A cool thing, and then such a well-written, well-done movie. Yeah, the whodunit aspect. Um, something I, I I feel like I more than you, Jamie. Correct me if I'm wrong. I I feel like I like the sci-fi arena probably a little more than you do. Um, yeah, maybe. It, I mean, that's a very like X Files ish story, and I know you know. And it's very so. I love the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, um, right. I'm real into like the. The, the 50s era horror sci-fi there's not a ton of you know there's there's more sci-fi than horror i think from that time frame but i i love the the repurposing of the invasion of the body snatchers concept uh and even in the in the, in the movie uh the alien queen when she's having the the conversation with stokely and she's like what are you reading oh double star by robert Heinlein." <sighs> Uh, but she's reading a science fiction book, so yeah, it's just the yeah. whole, I, I, that that theme that resonates through there is, is cool. Oh, I mean, that, you could almost say that's a sci-fi movie as much as a you know as much as a horror movie. Oh, that's sci-fi definitely. horror for sure. I can't remember the tagline, but I feel like yeah, we'll have to look that up. Um, how about the cast? Just impeccable, man. 
Yeah, it's great. Um, Josh Hartnett, <laughs> Usher Wayne, uh, what is this? Jordana Brewster? Is that her name? Jordana. Yeah. Yep. Elijah Wood. The Fast and the Furious. Oh, and we can't forget the guy from that 70s show. I can't remember his name, but. Danny Masterson. Is that his name? Yeah. <laughs> when they're in there and he's like, does, does that look like me? Does that look like me? When he has the fake ID and it's the Asian guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so good. Uh, what 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 scenes from this movie resonate with you? Red the football head. player. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Oh, on, when he's outside and Correct. you don't know if he's good or That's bad. That's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. yeah, I just love that whole you know the the tension that that brings. Like, is he? Isn't he? Is he? So that again. Okay, so I already mentioned that probably my favorite horror film of all time is The Thing from right. 1982. Yep. But that blood test scene in The Thing is very very reminiscent. Or, His name is Stan in the movie. But, Stan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the scene where they're like doing the scat down in Josh Hartnett's basement, right? Um, is is very. I mean, that is the. Th- that's the blood they test. They stole scene. that from yeah. that thing. Yeah, I, I love that. And to say stole is incorrect. They borrowed it. Yeah, they repurposed it. And yeah. it's amazing. And and it's a similarly concept. I mean, that movie concept. as a whole is yeah. very similar to you know the, the thing. Yeah, yeah. The whole. I think that's why we both love it. Yeah, we both love the thing. Um. And the other thing I got to mention too, so Fright Night is one of my favorites, and God. the scenes where Josh Hartnett is walking from his Fright ca- Night, <laughs> he's walking from his car into his home. That very small snippet. You remember Fright Night when the like the call girl gets oh, yeah. out next door and he like Brewster like parks his car and he's getting ready to go in. Yep. Uh, I that to me. It's a very, very, very small snippet of both films, but I feel like there's a definite nod to that um, in both those. Um, the last scene I want to mention here, I feel like I talk about this movie forever, but when Casey is up in his room and he does that weird thing, I still... I, so I've seen this movie probably 90 times. I still don't really understand why he does this, but he has that robot on his desk... And he, like, program. I don't know if he's, like, trying to make it... Because his dad essentially grounds him and says, like, don't leave your room. I'm, I'm taking your porn. You're in here. Shooter McGavin. Yeah, shooter, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, don't leave. And he shuts the door. And then instantly, Casey, like, packs up to leave. And he does this thing where he's, like, typing on his computer. And then this, like, robot starts, like, moving. And I, yeah. I don't know if he's trying to make it sound like he's in there or something. But then he, he goes to go out the window and as he's sneaking out of the window he looks down and he sees the silhouettes of of uh the coach and the redheaded teacher down there and he slips and he falls uh and his dad comes out he's like what are you doing son and then he's like oh they're right there and then they're not there but that that moment the silhouette it just it's beautifully shot uh the lighting is perfect it's just it's it's cool i love that that specific part just a Amazing movie. The Faculty. All right, I got one quote I want to mention. Do it. Usher Wayne. In the, <laughs> when he's in the locker room, he walks Usher's past great. Casey. Usher's great in this, man. He goes, hey, yo, pisswad, you're in my way. <laughs> and Casey's like, I'm sorry, I was breathing here. Those 90s movies, those yeah. 90s horror movies in particular, they love dropping the uh, random rap artist in there. Yeah. Oh, they'll do it. LL Cool J. Uh, Which, by the way, that's he's one of my favorite characters in that movie. I love him. I also love that movie. 
All right, we'll get there. One last day. last uh, film we're going to discuss in depth is one that we actually had not seen, uh, but that we watched for this uh, segment here. And it's a movie from 1982 called... Jamie, what's it called? It's called Girls' Night Out, but it was originally called Scaremaker. Yeah. I think it was done it in It came out in 82 like... as Scaremaker. I think they re-released it in 84 as Girls' Night Out. And it's Girls' Night Out N I T E. Yeah, and we couldn't, so... Don't know why? At this point in life, like, we we still buy a lot of films, but we're not going to buy a movie unless it's on Blu-ray, and we didn't see this one available, so I think we watched it on YouTube. It's available, yeah, it's available only on uh, DVD. Yeah. We did watch it on YouTube. Yep. Um, so, you know, very back-to-school sort of pulse, again, to Jamie's point from earlier, the insulation of the school environment and how it should feel like a safe safe place in a, a safe state um so the 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 quick synopsis that i pulled off imdb really really sums it up it's a a killer wearing a dancing bear suit stalks a variety of cheerleaders oh, during spoiler alert there an all-night scavenger hunt at a, a remote ohio college uh yeah so we are going to talk about the end of this movie to an extent so if you want to watch this movie the reveal isn't I don't think you telling them that it was in a bear suit ruins anything. But okay, I have some comments okay. on the movie at large that will ruin the end. Okay. Did you like this movie? Yeah. Like if it was on Blu-ray and I could get it for 4 bucks, <laughs> I'd buy it. For Like four I'm not spending $25 on this movie. Okay. That's fair enough, I, would I guess. I'd watch it. You know, I would add it to my my rotation. Yeah. Uh, to watch every once every three years, maybe. So yeah, it's definitely a whodunit film. It kind of has like elements of, I'd say like prom night ish. Yeah, for sure. And the, when we were watching it, you mentioned Blood Rage, like, um, that's a comparable. It's in that same like universe. Yeah, that atmosphere. Yeah. Yep. That's a weird and movie, by the way. Just the Blood Rage. stylistically. Yeah. Yeah. I do think with a, a clean version of it, like if there was a Blu-ray of it, 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 it definitely has like repeat watchability. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for us to sit here and judge it based on the YouTube version we saw. Yeah. So, but I don't, I mean, the writing's not great. Um, <laughs> I was reading this thing that said that in the pro, like in the, all the hype and promotion of it, that they used all these... Uh, like promo photos and snippets of like of these women that weren't even in the movie <laughs> so it's like what yeah like all the promo around it like the the movie posters and all of that none of them depicted the actual actresses that were in the movie like what yeah why well i think the movie at large it it kind of is supposed to like put you off with who the killer is but it Definitely objectifies women to an extent, to a hefty extent. And even, like, the... <laughs> As most 80s horror films do. But it's... Especially 82. Particularly aggressive. Like, it's, like, it's always like, you're a whore. Like, every time they kill someone, he <laughs> right. says, like, something yeah. something like that. It's got that, like, it's like uh, the writer watched Black Christmas and was yeah, like... You very know much so. I'm gonna come at these women. Yeah, and that dude does. It's, yeah. it's, uh... It's so it's cringeworthy at times. Like you watch it and you're like, this, 
this movie today would most certainly not work. No, and it would have never gotten made. I'm not totally sure it worked for 82. It's worth watching, I think, uh, especially if you've seen as many horror movies as we have and are looking for something new. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's worth I'll, a watch. I'll be honest. If you told me we're going to watch this movie from 82 about a killer dressed up in a <laughs> bear, bear mascot suit, I would have higher aspirations for what this was going to be. It, they did it so goddamn hokey. Like yeah. the eyes look like my son drew drew these eyes on construction paper and they taped into the mask. Yep. Right? I mean, come on. So even for eighty two. There's a I feel like they could have the done Freddy Krueger parallel though, of the uh one device yeah. used as to kill is like a set of claws, but it's supposed to be like bear claw, I guess. Yeah. Uh and he puts it on the suit. So there's there's that. Um some of the kills are fun. Uh do, any particular ones that you liked? No. I honestly maybe like the I yeah. I'm not gonna pick one out. I, I don't even know if I can. Um but it's like we said, definitely worth a visit. Um just not Oh, one hundred percent. Not the it, best. Because if you love horror, you've pretty much watched everything. Yeah. Yes. You're always as you already mentioned, you're always hunting for different things you haven't seen. So we're gonna pledge to try and watch a new movie uh for each segment we do. Um, it's going to be tough, but we're going to pledge to try that. All right. So here's our wrap up of the films we watched or, uh, of the films we talked about. If you have to go on a desert Island, what's the one you're taking with you? Scream 2. That's the one you're taking? Yeah. I'm taking Scream 2 as well. I knew you were going to, I knew that we would both pick Scream 2. Okay. What's of the movies that we discussed, the one that you've seen the most number of times? Um, also Scream 2. You think I? I think mine's the faculty. Just I. I feel like, as a kid, I just wanted to be Josh Hartnett because this came out when I was in like high school, uh, and I would wear like white long sleeve shirts underneath uh, black t shirts just to be cool like Josh Hartnett was. Well, in the nineties, the like the long sleeve thermal oh, under yeah, the dude. shirt was. I mean, you were was, a badass yeah, if you did that. You were a badass. Um. But and Josh Hartnett was badass in that movie, so that must be Still one. is. Yeah. Comb your hair. LL Cool J. <laughs> um, the movie you've never seen is the obvious one. Uh, what was... Yeah, it was Girls' Night Out. Yeah. But we did watch it. Yeah. Girls' Night Out for me, too, but also Manhunter is something I watched. Uh, so, and I, I tried to watch he- The Heathers. Uh, I, I uh, couldn't make it through. Couldn't make it through. Yeah. And there was a movie called Prodigal Son or The Prodigal... It was also filmed in Ohio. It was like huh. a recent. It was a recent one. Never seen it. Pro- probably never will. Prodigal. 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 All right. Okay. Uh, merch. Horror merch. Anything you've seen lately that you're interested in, that you bought, that you want to buy, you're thinking about buying? Yeah. So uh, there's a couple of Blu-rays that I, like I still don't own. Uh, my Bloody Valentine. Either one in Blu-ray. Yeah, and we're coming up on February, so. So, but I did just order two days ago when we were watching Girls Night Out. I ordered uh, Valentine hmm. with David Boreanaz. That is a great movie. On Blu-ray, and I'm—I'll be honest, I haven't seen that in years. Do you know so who I'm, the killer is? No. Oh, I'm gonna I don't watch remember. it with you. I like. Yeah. I have this thing where, like, when I watch horror movies, I erase the reveal from my mind if it's like my first time seeing it, and I don't know that I'll see it again. Yeah, it's like Men in Black. I re- yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, any apparel that you're looking at 
that you've seen lately? Wait, so let's do this. What are you wearing right now? Oh, what are you wearing, James? Okay, I've got my... Oh, actually, my shirt... I'm just wearing the tiny purple shorts from Manhunter. <laughs> <laughs> freezing, <laughs> freezing your ass off. <laughs> I'm actually wearing a Fright Rags t-shirt um, from... Uh... Fright Rags, is that... Yeah, this is an X-Files uh, t-shirt. Dude. From the... Oh, the, it's from one of the recent episodes. The Wear Monster. Yeah. And actually, part of the reason I wanted to do a podcast is because of Kamel Nanjiani's The X-Files Files podcast. And oddly enough, he's pretty much a critical reason to the, to the reason that the show got a reboot. And uh, this is the episode that he starred on. I didn't so, know that. He had something to do with the reboot? Yeah. So I think the popularity that resurged from his podcast he was in entertainment weekly with it and stuff yeah um and uh so his dream was to be on the show obviously and this was the episode he was on um written by darren morgan and really whimsical fun intelligent uh episode but yeah this is my uh my my wear monster tea uh that i love so much what about you buddy so i'm wearing uh fright rags again oh two fright rags uh, the vintage uh, Michael Myers Halloween where he's carving the pumpkin uh, yeah. baseball tee, the yep. raglan. I love this shirt. And I'm, it's accompanied by, because it's freezing in your basement, I'm also wearing my trick-or-treat hoodie. Yep. I thought it was uh, it went with our theme today also. Uh, so that's actually out of colors. print for Cavity Colors. It is. But it was just re-released. Just re-released this week. This week. Cavity Colors, our boy Aaron Crawford. Yep. We love you. Yes, we and do. We love your merch. Uh, to be honest, here's the thing about John and I is our drawers are awkwardly filled with horror t-shirts that are black. Not any uh, given day we're likely wearing the same one. It's like possibly. all we wear. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's embarrassing. Uh, we'll go to maybe a family reunion or something, and John will be wearing – I'll show up and be like, God damn it. We should have texted <laughs> each other before we – Went to this thing we were going to be at together wearing the same t-shirt. Yep. Um, but we... Cavity Colors started that for us. I Cavity think. Colors yeah. did start it for us. But Fright Rags, Gutter Garbs, uh, there's many others. I'm not going to get into it. But those are three of my favorites. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I used to love Matt Pepler. Does he still exist? I I haven't seen much activity. Um, and he doesn't do... He does more prints. It's more prints, right. Yeah, but in terms of artists too, like oh Matt Tobin, I love his style. Singer from well, Dead and Divine. Yeah. Oh, his artwork. Like I mean, if that dude did T-shirts, I'd I'd own them all. Yeah, he does a lot of uh, uh, independent commissioning. I think of of horror related things, and then uh, also Ghoulish Gary, who uh, by the way we do have a Ghoulish. That's speaking one of, of Ohio, ones you and I wear together. Speaking of Ohio, he so he did his book. Um, I think a couple years ago, but yeah. he did his photo shoot from the book in Cleveland. Huh. Uh, I think he's from Canada, though. But no, that everything that guy does, amazing. I love Ghoulish Gary. Love Ghoulish Gary, and he did the artwork for the uh, that board game, a, a couple portions that horror. I think it's called Horrified. Um, hmm. That Leslie bought me for Christmas. Yeah, one thing we want to do here is highlight different artists, different uh, merch companies. Uh, so if you have any any to recommend, let us know. Yeah. Always. John and I will, <clears throat> because this is like my drawer is filled with just horror t-shirts, <laughs> we'll wear them in, uh, it, I wear them without thinking. 
And it's like, I go to pick up my son from school, goes to a Catholic school, or oh. I go to like a school event, and it's like, why is or this at fucking ice cream? guy yeah. wearing a t-shirt with Jason Voorhees? Holding a severed Holding head. a machete with yeah. blood. Yeah. It's like, That's oh, definitely God, a real duh. thing. I'll like look down, like I'll see like a mom or a teacher like, looking at me awkwardly, and I'll be like, what? Do I have a booger hanging out of my nose? Yep. And then I'll look, and it's Michael Myers carving a pumpkin. Yeah. Family antic? You got anything family horror-related horror with the kids that you want to mention? Yeah. Uh, so, I got... Uh, I already love this. I purchased the... Uh, actually, I don't know if, if anyone has Xbox. Um, I got the... Xbox Gold does Game of the Month or whatever where they yeah. you can download it for free. Uh, so, I downloaded uh, the Friday the 13th video game a couple months ago. I think it might have been November. Yep. It was for free. Downloaded that. Um, played. I, I fired this thing up for the first time ever. Like, I downloaded it. Didn't touch it. Um, just never really had a chance. Kids are always around. So, I finally was like, I'm going to fire this thing up. My son was with... Uh, the baby was, you know, he's... I'm not too worried about him. He doesn't even know what's going on. But... Uh, my older one, who's six, he was with Grandpa. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fire up this game. I'm going to give it a try, which it's amazing, by the way. If you haven't played it, if you have an Xbox, get this game. So PS4 many too, probably. references, yeah. Like this this was a game made by for fans, fans yeah. for fans. Yep. Um, anyways, fire this thing up. I'm just running around aimlessly. I'm stuck at video games anyways. Uh, so I'm, like, horrible at this. I'm just running around. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh I'm one of the counselors. Uh, if you're not familiar with the game, it's like somebody plays as Jason Voorhees, and then there's like eight other camp counselors just running around aimlessly trying to hide from Jason and ultimately escape. Yep. My son comes in in the middle. Grandpa brings my son home in the middle of me playing this game. Yep. So I say, uh, you know what? Just he's looking at his iPhone or at the iPad. I said, just keep watching that going to this blanket here. No big deal. Um, in the meantime, the music kicks up like Jason's coming for me, but I have There's no, this, tension. Is my, this is yeah. my first time playing this game, man. I have no idea. Jason is coming after me. So I like, I go and I hide in a tent real quick. Um, like I'm probably safe in this tent. My son pops his head out. He hears the music escalating. He's like, dad, is Jason coming? <laughs> I said, I think so. Just stay under the blanket. Jason, sure enough, is coming. Pulls me out of my tent. I'm in my sleeping bag, oh, apparently. No. Starts slamming the shit out of me against the tree, man. Ugh. Um, this is where my son pulls his head out from under the blanket. Shouldn't have. I said, get your head back under the blanket. As and my Borges sister's probably yelling at you. <laughs> slamming me against the tree, man. So, like, I was mortified by that. I don't know that I've played the game since because it scarred me. I was... Now I'm paranoid that my son will walk in. Yep. Well, I've got I've got a a little one too. Actually, oddly enough, the shirt I'm wearing. So my my youngest is obsessed with the Grinch right now. She calls him Grinch, Grinch. Uh-huh. And uh, I had this wear wear monster shirt on. And for those that don't know the wear monster, he's a green a green scaly like swamp thing looking monster. Yeah, like a swamp thing lizard. Yeah. And she, uh, I was walking out of the bedroom and she goes, Ginch. And I was like, what are you, where? And she was like, Ginch. And I'm looking all around and she's pointing at my shirt and I realized that she thought that 
the wear monster is a Grinch. So she uh, all all day today and any day wear this. Um, points at me, says Ginch, and and continually says Monta because she likes monsters a lot. So it's my twin soul there. Dude, I totally forgot. Um, R. L. Stein. Oh, okay. Born in Columbus. Really. Graduated from Ohio State. I didn't know that. I did if not know you, that. If you're unfamiliar with R. L. Stein, he is the author of Goosebumps. The Which Fear Street series defined others, yeah. a lot of our childhood. Oh my god, we'll we'll do a uh, podcast on Goosebumps. I I assume. All right, yeah. So this this wraps up episode one. Um, episode two, we are actually going to do the best and worst dads from horror, um, which goes along with our theme here. So keep uh, an eye out for that. Please follow us. The only social media we use is Instagram. So follow us. Uh, at horror dads on instagram uh, if you want to reach out to us via email if you have comments or feedback you can reach us at horrordads at gmail.com otherwise thank you so much for listening for participating let us know what you thought of the episode uh, engage us on social media Jamie? and feel free to let us know you know if there's something you want us to touch a different topic let us know yeah please we look forward to uh, this adventure with you guys and thanks for being a part of this